0: to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Hello, my beautiful flower friends. How are you? Me, I am ridiculously excited because I am such a geek. (laughs) I am so excited to talk to you today about part two of our business planning template, session, document, process, whatever word you want to call it. Um, If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I talked through the first section of a business plan template that I'm giving to all you crazy kids for free. And talking you through how to work through some of the core foundation elements of setting up a successful, sustainable, six-figure, floral design business. So, if you have not caught up, you can definitely go back and listen to last week's episode and hear me jibber-jabber about part one of the business plan. Or, if you want to jump into this section, you can do that too, because remember, you can go back and listen to all the old episodes as many times as you like. And, a word of warning, I know in your heart and in your head, you're telling me I don't want to talk about money, I don't want to do math, and the whole subject of business gives you the heeb jeebers. But... I will tell you right now that if you are making the decision to set up your own floral design business to run a successful business of any type, shape, form, iteration, it is imperative, it is a must that you wrap your head around money and finance and sales and revenue and all the things that probably scare you right at this minute. And it doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't need to be scary at all. It is all entirely learnable, right? You can grab a textbook and you can sit down and read. You can watch videos on YouTube. You can find a fellow flower person who loves Excel spreadsheets and loves spreadsheets, i.e. me, And I am willing to tell you everything that I know. So today, give yourself grace, be patient, if in doubt, don't worry, you can go back, rewind, listen to this episode again and again and again. I just simply want you to start paying attention, to start thinking through money, money, money. Because... I received the most beautiful email last night, but I feel like it is such a good example of the downside. When you don't want to, when you're unwilling to think about money, you are going to run headfirst. And I mean like so fast headfirst into burnout. And you are going to be so resentful like so toxic and resentful about flowers and any joy that you had around being a creative about your art form, about design, about spreading love and joy is going to be gone. If you don't figure out the money side of the equation, it ain't going to be pretty. And what I so want for you is I want you to do this job For as long as your heart can be satisfied with it. In order to build a sustainable business, you have to understand some principles of business. And I don't want to sound too much like a preachy preacher, getting all up in there. But I get very serious when I start thinking about money and I shake my head a lot at how many, in quotes, business owners do not want to refuse to think about money. Do yourself a favor, get uncomfortable, pull out the calculator, start doing some very basic math, and you are gonna save yourself a massive headache. Particularly, I would say, if you are in the first 24 to 36 months of your business, sorry, I should say, if you're just starting it out and you're within the first 24 months of your business, set yourself a date, grab yourself a really fancy tea, a chocolate cookie, if you so desire, and make yourself a date to sit down with this template and start working through some of these elements. Because I don't want you to turn around in 24 months and go, I'm not making any money. Because I firmly believe that it is entirely possible, no matter where you live on this planet, it is entirely possible to build a sustainable flower business. You just need to be comfortable doing the math before you get there, because this exercise and going through part two of this business plan will save you so many headaches, will bring so much focus to what you want to be doing and where you should be spending your energy and how much money you want to make. And I know most people have very strong emotions when we start talking about money, whether they're positive or negative, but everybody has a money story. And there are some phenomenal ladies out there helping people, talking to people and coaching people through how to deal with their mindset around money. Now, I highly recommend if money is something that you're not comfortable even just thinking about, if you come from a family, if you're telling yourself stories around your relationship with money, 100% that is something you need to focus on. I was listening to one of my favorite girls. Uh, She hosts a podcast called Play It Brave, and she's a photographer in Utah. She did a podcast the other day where she talked about, and she mentioned, just very subtly, she mentioned, the thing that scares you the most is the thing you need to focus on right now. I think that thought is revolutionary. And it just really opened my eyes to say, you know what, the thing that you're most afraid of, the thing that scares you the most, is what you need to focus on and put your energy towards right now. I know for so many of you guys, that is money and that is finance. And... I have broken this section down into what I think are incredibly simple terms. It just takes a little bit of time, possibly some Googling, to figure out what the right situation or scenario is for you. So let us jump into it. Enough preamble. But I do want to just repeat one more time to say, if you can go through this section, like I think this is the pivotal section of setting up a sustainable business. If you can go through this section and put some numbers on paper, some numbers into an Excel spreadsheet, some numbers into any sort of format you like, but doing some number crunching to understand what are the actual costs that you need to set up for your legit business, what are the ongoing expenses that you need to manage, And what are your sales targets? If you can sit down and figure out some of these things right now, it is going to open your eyes to how much energy and effort you need to very intentionally put into your business to make it successful. Because I will tell you right now, if your vision is to open up a pop-up floral stand that sits within somebody else's cafe, and you're using that as your sole income to generate sales, you need to sell a lot of bouquets to make that financially viable. Now, if you're using it as a marketing opportunity, as an investment in your business, as a way to raise awareness of what you sell, that's a whole other bucket. But if you are thinking you wanna set up a retail flower business, sell bouquets to the public, You need to sell a shitload of bouquets to make that viable. Now, I'm not saying that's impossible, but you will learn through the exercise today just how many bouquets you actually need to sell, right? And then you can just set up your plan as to how you're going to make sure that you sell that many bouquets over the next 12 months. So let's do this, right? So part two, ooh, I should say, you can download this template at thrivepodcast backslash 22 or 21. Um, Either one works, It'll just go to the same link to the template and then save that Google Doc to your Google Drive, and then you can chop and change it as much as you like. So we are on part two, sales costs and income. Let's do some math. Yay! So section one within this part two is your setup costs. So let's pretend that today is day one of me wanting to set up this flower business. What are the actual startup costs of this business? Now, one of the best things about floristry is that your startup costs are actually quite low, right? That is why you will see so many independent freelance florists jumping in the deep end of the pool and going, I'm going to set up a business because your actual setup costs are quite low, Now don't get confused because in the next section it actually talks about ongoing operational costs. So I'm going to just identify a few startup costs and then I'll jump right into ongoing operational costs because it's important just to remember at the beginning here to separate between the two, right? So your setup costs are going to be things like if you need to pay a lawyer to create any sort of like legal entity, if when you have to register for a business license or a tax file number or tax documentation, anything that you need to do within your country or where you live and where your business is operating from, anything that you need to do there to actually create a l- legal, like a legally recognized business or what might be referred to as like formation fees, business registration costs, all of that sits into the bucket of setup costs. In Australia, it is free to register for an ABN, and you can register for an ABN as a sole proprietor and it doesn't cost you a thing. If you're going to register as a limited liability company, potentially even a partnership, you might actually need to get your accountant or a lawyer to draw up formal contracts and documentation. But if you are a independent business Happy to run as a sole proprietorship within Australia. It don't cost nothing, right? You can just go online and do that whole process. I think it's fairly instantaneous. Bingo, bongo, right? So then I would say the next thing around your setup costs is the costs associated with your website, You guys will hear me talk about this so much, but I think the number one thing you need to do in terms of setting up your legit business is create a website. Now, there are so many user-friendly platforms that you can create your websites on these days. The most I've heard the positive feedback around is uh, Squarespace, but you need to wrap your head around the fact that you need to pay for a website, You need to pay monthly hosting for a website. You need to pay for a domain name. You can also pay somebody else for a template that you can implement on your website. But if you are in the mindset of creating your own business, you need to pay for a website. You need to spend the monies. Yeah? I think you can absolutely get away with simply having your website as your only formation cost. With a giant asterisk being, if you're in a country where you need a legal contract, that would be the next thing. (laughs) But your setup costs in floristry are incredibly low, right? You don't need to immediately go out and invest in vases and inventory. But you do need to have some sort of dedicated workspace, right? But that could be, and in my early days, that literally was a folding table that we propped up onto, like... Wooden boxes. I think I had a few pairs of scissors and like wires, stem tape, pot tape, the basics, right? I bet you, well, I guarantee you, other than if you do need to get formation legal contracts sorted, you can actually set your business up for less than a thousand dollars. Yeah? Yeah. So whether you choose to invest in advertising, is very optional, and if you choose to invest in paying rent for a studio, rent for a shopfront, also optional. But I think you can get away with very little in terms of your actual setup costs. If you are going to get a lease signed off, if you're going to commit to a lease, definitely, definitely, definitely get that reviewed by a lawyer. Right, So your major costs when you set up your business are going to be your website, which actually isn't that expensive, and then any legal fees associated with how your business is going to be run. So if you're going to get a lease for a studio space or a retail shop, definitely get that approved by a lawyer. If you're in America and you need a contract <laughs> with your potential clients because you're doing large-scale events or any sort of event, you definitely put that in your setup costs. If you're in... Um, A place where you need to have any sort of legal entity formed and you need to have a lawyer do that job for you or an accountant do that job for you, that's another thing you need to account for. So definitely this number is affected by where you live, but I highly recommend... You do some research, talk to your local council, talk to your local business association, do some Googling, see if there's anybody out there who's doing any sort of like step-by-step in your country around how to set up a legal business. If in doubt, the best thing you can do is find yourself a good accountant and ask them all the questions. You will be astounded if you can put your hands on and get somebody to refer you to a good accountant. They are going to the be, be the best partner in your business. Our accountant knows everything about our business. He also knows everything about where we're taking our business, where our business has been, what the shop looked like when we bought it, what we've turned it into within a three-year window. And we have taken so much good impact input from our accountant that he is a big reason that our business is what it is today. So... Definitely go out there, get referrals in terms of who to go to. You can always go out and sit down and talk to two or three different accountants if you're really not sure. If you don't get good vibes from the first person you sit down with, don't be afraid to say, thanks, I'm going to find somebody else. There are people out there who are taking advantage of small business owners and trust your instinct. So find yourself a good accountant. They can always refer you to a good lawyer because they work with them every week And then do some research in terms of your website. There are some amazing tutorials on YouTube on how to step-by-step go through and set up your website. So there you go. I don't necessarily think you need to pay any money in terms of your branding. Particularly when you're first starting out. So one of the things that I have noticed when I look back at our business is how much our visual identity, our color palette, our typefaces, our logo type of photos that we use has evolved over four years. So don't be afraid, and I will one day get around to doing a little YouTube video to show you guys my total hack-a-lack-a-ding-dong way of creating a visual identity and a logo. But it doesn't need to be anything complicated because you can also go out there and change it at any time that you like. Now, if you know a graphic designer, You can pay them a few hundred dollars to create a logo and a visual identity for you. But don't use this as a reason to prevent yourself from starting your business. One of my favorite design stories is the guys who started The Minimalists. They literally created their logo. I think he opened at the time. It would have even been a Word document. I'm not even sure it was a Google Doc. He opened a Word document and he typed in The Minimalists. He changed it to the simplest type he could find, which is Helvetica. That is their logo. That is all that he did, right? He also knows that they have this ethos of minimalism. So everything that they do reflects that, right? Everything's just in black and white. It's very simple, lots of white space. But don't kid yourself. Your logo doesn't need to be a big thing. Right? It can be if you want it to be, but I would not necessarily recommend to go out there and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on it because you don't need to. And I can guarantee you, I am willing to wager a good mm, $100, you will want to change your logo within 12 to 18 months. I guarantee it. So, everything in your business is very fluid. Everything you can change at a drop of a hat. So, start out with something that you think reflects you. And where you want to go now and know that in 6 months, 12 months, 18 months, 36 months you can change it all again. So, setup costs. Filling in this box, I would say one of the things is your website, then any legal formation fees that you need to pay, and any business registration that you need to pay and then give yourself a budget for kidding out a very basic workspace. Right? A handful of buckets. Table, snips, thanks for coming, right? It doesn't need to be anything flash. If you are going to rent out a studio space or set up a retail shop, definitely get your lawyer to review your contract because they'll always catch a few things. Easy. So next one, your ongoing business costs. Now this section is going to vary a lot depending on the type of business that you're setting up. In business lingo, ongoing business costs are often referred to as variable costs because they vary with your business, right? So your rent is something that stays the same every single month. Your cost of goods sold or how much you spend on flowers and foliage, ribbons and pins is going to change every single week and every single month depending on the sale The sales volume that you're going through that week, depending on how many weddings you're doing, depending on how many bouquets you're selling, depending on how many events you're doing, depending on how many workshops you're putting on, right? So most often your variable costs or your ongoing business costs are going to be more reflective of how many sales you're bringing through the door, right? So what are the ongoing costs or investments that you need to pay for to keep your business open? So obviously you need flowers and foliage. You probably need ribbons, hard goods, sundries, some sort of vase collection, or particularly when you're first starting out, I would recommend that you hold off on investing in too much in terms of inventory that's just going to sit on the shelf and buy yourself a very small collection of vases, right? If you know you want to get into the higher business, that's a whole other kettle of fish, You might need to outlay quite a bit in terms of setting up your inventory that you want to rent out. But if you're focusing mainly on flowers, everyday flowers, events, weddings, I would highly recommend that you keep your investment in vessels to an absolute minimum within the first 12 to 24 months. And I say that out of personal experience because I was like, oh yeah, I'll get that and I'll get that and I'll get that. And then some of those things are still just sitting on the shelf because we used them once for a very particular wedding. And I cannot imagine that they're ever going to be used again. So it's your business. You're allowed to tell your clients which containers they need to supply, which containers and styles you have. And only invest in those ones that you think you're going to reuse again and again. And hopefully again. But on this chart of ongoing business costs, you're going to have things like intranet, phone charges. If you're going to lease or have a loan against a business vehicle, or you might just want to consider using your personal vehicle, but you can definitely include some of the insurance costs and some of the gas costs. Like highway tolls, um, if you have rent that you need to pay on a monthly basis, that's something to include in here. And then an allocation for your actual flowers and foliage. Yeah? So, trying to keep this as simple as possible. As always, if you guys have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. Now, this next session <laughs> section is titled inventory. So these are things, this may be a section that you can just ignore altogether, but these are the things that you're actually going to sell and make money off of it, right? You can certainly simplify things and decide to put all your flowers and foliage into ongoing costs. But if you want to get into managing inventory, and hiring out products, then this is a section where you want to put all that information in here. Hope that's not too confusing, but one of the things you need to, I guess, envision at this moment in time is that you do have, let's say you do have three or four live bookings or live clients, right? So thinking through who your ideal client is, what your ideal scenario is, let's pretend that you are in the middle of that. So it might be that you're running a retail shop and you're putting out 30, 40, 50 deliveries every single week, right? So what are, the, what are the items that you need to associate with making all of that happen, right? So you might want to have an inventory of vases in different shapes and sizes. You might want to have an inventory of, let's say, candles, chocolates. You might want to have an inventory of plants, possibly. And then if you're getting into the higher space, definitely outline the things that you want to hire, right? So furniture, if you want to get it into like linens, if you want to get into vase hire, candle hire, um, chandelier hire, lounges, chairs, rugs, poofs, pillows, man, all the things are possible, right? So if you think you want to have a separate section around managing inventory, it's a good, it's a good practice to get into actually itemizing these things. But if you're going to stick to a very basic, very simple wedding and events business, you can stick everything under your ongoing business costs. So I've put in this inventory section here because I know people's brains think a little bit differently. Right? So if you're just confused by what the difference between inventory is and ongoing business costs, it might be that you're actually not going to have any inventory per se. So in comparison, if you went to a shoe store, they have all of their inventory in the back room, a little bit on display, because their inventory is their shoes. Right? It's a very tangible product that you can just go in and buy. If you don't have that kind of consumer-facing retail shop front or virtual shop front on your website because you're focused more on weddings and events. The term inventory may not necessarily make as much sense to you as possible. But what I would say is regardless in either the ongoing business cost section or the inventory section wrap your head around let's say you have a your ideal situation is you want a wedding and event booking that averages $3,500, right? So sit down, and this is where you need to be patient with yourself. Sit down and map out for yourself what that looks like, right? So let's say they want eight table arrangements. She's got two people, two girls in her bridal party. He's got two boys in his bridal party. They want ceremony, something or other, delivery, set up, all the things, right? So break that $3,500 down, Into the different elements and just use your imagination, right? Like, what is your ideal situation? And then you have to work out how many flowers and foliage elements you need to make that $3,500 happen, right? That is that single exercise is where everybody gets really confused. And trust me, I was there. (laughs) I remember so clearly going, okay, so. I've kind of figured out how to quote this much for this item, I think. Or I've just magically picked a number out of thin air, because I did that a lot, based on this girl's reference photo. So I've got an approved quote, and now I have no freaking clue how much to allocate to product and, I should say, florals and foliage. Trust me, trust me, trust me. We have all been there, and it is the thing that nobody talks about. So in the next section, there is a box for you to do some math and figure out how you set your pricing. This section here is where everybody goes askew. Mainly because people have this assumption when you're first starting out and this kind of rumor in the industry is you mark up your wholesale product times three. And I'll tell you what, that might be right, but only as it relates to your wholesale product. What about capturing your costs associated with deliveries? What about capturing the business costs that you have for your website, for your internet, for your phone, for your water bill, for the labor that you need to pay to make this thing happen? All of these actual costs associated With making the job a reality, also need to be accounted for within your pricing model. Right? So it's not good enough to simply say, I'm going to mark up my wholesale price times three. Right? So, what about all the time that it takes for you to make all this stuff happen? What about the fact that you need to be paying rent? What about the fact that you have a loan on your business vehicle? What about the fact that you need to pay petrol? What about the fact that you need to pay tax? Right? And then on top of all of that, you need to make a profit. Right? So pricing, pricing, pricing. And this is the space where everyone gets confused. And if you don't set your pricing right, you are not going to be loving your job in 12 to 24 months. And I tell you that because that was me. We were busting our butt. We were landing bookings left, right, and center. But it was such hard work. It was such hard work. And I remember turning around and going like, yeah, but we've done like 50 weddings. Why are we not making more money? And it's because I had not figured out pricing. So I will interject here and tell you guys that I am also... Opening up the doors to registration in a few weeks for our online course where I am sharing with you guys our exact pricing model. And if you are not a fan of math, if you are not a fan of finance, if you're not a fan of talking about and listening to business, I applaud you for getting this far into this podcast episode. Must take a lot of wine to get to this point, but I also would encourage you guys to sign up for the wait list, so that you know the day the registration opens. So I'll be sharing our exact pricing model, I'll be sharing our exact onboarding process with our clients, talking you guys through how we plan our recipes, giving you guys all of the Excel spreadsheets, all of the templates, all of the how-tos, so that you don't have to think about it any more. Now, you can absolutely 100% do some research online and figure out how other florists do pricing, But if you want it to be super easy, if you want to skip the queue, if you want to leapfrog ahead of everybody else, definitely sign up for the waitlist for our pricing profitability online course. So there's a link in the template, or you can go to forfloris, F-O-R-F-L-O-R-I-S-T-S dot com backslash waitlist, and or you can just click the notes in the show notes. It'll be in there. So... Pricing, 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 pricing. Please, 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 please. Set yourself a for-profit pricing model. Now, if you've got anybody in your family, friends, relatives, a neighbor, a classmate who loves math and is happy to talk about finance, pick their brain, right? Do a little bit of research on the Googles. Understand that you can mark up your wholesale product three times, but make sure that you then have a model that suits you based on your operating costs. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I will leave that section there, but that is probably one of the trickiest bits, but it is the thing that's going to make or break your business. So moving into this last section, identifying your sales goal. So again, put your hat on and pretend you're in the middle of your bustling, successful six-figure business. What is the average spend or purchase price from your ideal customer? You can pick any number that you like. If you want to focus on everyday flowers, you might want to pick something like $50, $60, $80, $100. dollars focused on weddings and events, you might want to pick $1,500, $3,500, $10,000, whatever you want it to be. If you're picking workshops, you might want it to be $150 a person, $500 a person, $5,000 a person, whatever you want it to be. What is the average spend or purchase price from your ideal customer? Then under that is how much income do you personally want to make from every sale? right? So it's possible that this is variable, right? So that might mean that it depends on the size of the project. So for example, if you're focusing on weddings and events, it might be that it varies depending on the size of the event. But in order to keep things simple, I would encourage you to say, okay, my ideal customer, I want to book a wedding that's $3,500, from each wedding I want to make $1000. And then question C is thinking bigger picture. What is your target take home income or salary per year? Right? How much money do you want to make over the course of 12 months? Right? So that number could be 30,000, 60,000, 800,000 depends on the lifestyle you want to lead. But set yourself a target take-home income or salary of an annual basis, so over a 12-month period. And let us then do some math. So I've set this chart out here, and I hope it makes sense. But just talking through a few examples. So let us say an example A. You're a florist and your ideal income that you wrote in box C is $50,000. When you answered question B around how much money do you make, how much income do you make from every sale, you answered $1,000. So if you take your $50,000 ideal income, divide it by $1,000 per project, that means that you need to book... Fifty projects in a year yes so in another example we we'll use the same target income so let's say fifty thousand dollars but you're focusing on something that's a much smaller price point and your take-home income per project is twenty five dollars so take your ideal income of fifty thousand dollars and divide it by twenty five equals two thousand units to be sold over the course of a year. Now, does that make sense? So this situation is going to be different for everyone because every single one of you is going to have a different ideal target income. You're also then going to have a different income per project, right? Because everybody's in a slightly different business. So hopefully these two kind of, I want to say, extremes Demonstrate what we're trying to go here. So it could be that you only, you know, you're happy to make $20,000 a year, but you still take home $1,000 per project. It means that you only need to book 20 projects per year. You could also do a little bit of hypothesizing and realize, let's say you still want to make $50,000 a year, but you want to try and aim for more income per project right so maybe your income per project is $5000 which means that you only need to book 10 projects per year right so this is where you get to define the rules of your business but the whole point of this exercise is i want you to understand like how many projects or how many units you need to sell over the course of 12 months to make your ideal income you'll also start to understand how integral this exercise is when you're thinking about setting your pricing model. Because if you're working in an industry where you are making zero dollars, if you actually have zero profit per item sold, then you will not be surprised when you realize that you have made zero dollars in the income line. If you are making one dollar per project and you sell a hundred units, don't be surprised that you then have made a hundred dollars. Right. So this exercise is what is going to open your eyes to what you need to achieve to build a sustainable business. Right, So don't be afraid to set your goals really high. Say you want to have an ideal income of $100,000. How many projects do you need to book based on your pricing model to make $100,000 in the course of a year? Right, So you can think through a few different scenarios and then just do the math for yourself. But I think it's incredibly important that you identify your ideal income and sort through how much income you make per item sold or per project booked. Yes? Yes. And don't forget, you can go back and listen to this podcast as many times as you want. And I will totally selfish plug here because this is the thing I struggled with the most in the first two years of our business is if you are confused by pricing, profitability at all, and you want to understand exactly how we do it exactly how we have built our six figure wedding and event business as well as a six figure retail flower business I am sharing all the things in our new online course so link is in the template or you can go to four floors backslash waitlist get on the waitlist and I will email you as soon as registration is open or you can just click the link in the show notes so I hope that this has been helpful for you guys, and if nothing else, if you stray away from the template, that's totally fine, but I just want you to understand three things. One, it is integral that as a business owner, you understand the world of pricing. Two, in your understanding of pricing, you need to realize that you run a for-profit business. Your pricing model needs to account for your time, your costs of goods sold, your operations, you need to be able to pay the taxman, and you need to make a profit. And number three, if you want the easy way out, if you want to skip all of the headache, sign up to be on the waitlist. borafloris.com backslash waitlist. And I will leave it there. It is very possible that you want to drink an entire bottle of wine or have 16 gin and tonics while re-listening to this episode because it might have done your head in. But I'm telling you right now, wrap your head around pricing. You will be so much happier 12 months from now, 24 months from now, because you're not going to have completely hit the wall of going, why have I run this flower business into the ground and I'm making zero money? Yeah. So... I'm going to leave it there for today and I hope you guys have a a beautiful day. If you have any questions, if you're struggling with the math, if you're trying to figure out what x plus y equals, (laughs) shoot me an email, send me a text, dm, all the things and send you so much love wherever you are in the world and don't forget you got this and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye for now.